0: We rejoice in the gift of the Archangels Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael, and we'll be speaking more about them and how they can teach us to adore and serve, to adore and serve the Most Holy Trinity. And uh, We want to really have a relationship with them. Pray for that. Mary is the queen of the angels. And you know there's nine celestial choirs. Seraphim, cherubim, thrones, dominions, powers, virtues, principalities, archangels, and angels. And uh, we're all given a guardian angel. You you should have a real friendship with your guardian angel. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God love commits me here. It's all from God's love. Ever this day be at my side to light and guard, to rule and guide. You know, to light and guard. That's important, you know. The, our angels can, can bring to light the, the lies of the temptations and deceptions of the fallen angels. You know, your, your angel will help you. Uh, that's important, you know. They know the tricks of the enemy. Uh, our angels have, have passed a great test. You know, they were shown the plan of God that in the fullness of time, the word would become flesh and, and dwell among us and be born of, of this humble woman, Mary. And the Lucifer and the fallen angels said they would not serve God's plan, but our angels served the good angels served, and uh, they passed They passed a test of faith. They were given the vision of the plan, and they had to say yes. We all have to have that, that passing of the test of faith in our life, and um, <clears throat> our angels will help us. But uh, come to know them. The Chaplet of St. Michael actually describes what each of the choirs does, but we'll talk more in the homily about, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael, and how they help us. My hope for today, which I believe came in an inspiration, is that today you will spend more time in adoration, contemplation for the Eucharistic Lord, or you know, just in quiet on the grounds here. Okay, we're, we're right at the halfway point of this retreat. So now we're going to have more time to put into practice what's been shared with you after we've had confession and after we've had a healing service. Now, you know, there's more quiet, right, more quiet. So I, we, we, we need to put it into practice. Yesterday I gave some longer conferences and... You know, that's, that's great. People, you know, people um, seem to benefit by one or two things, but now is your time, heart to heart. It's been your time this whole weekend, but, you know, you get here Thursday evening, you're kind of driving, you're getting situated, you're figuring out what everything's about, right? And then, you know, day one, what what's the whole program? And then, you know, these conferences help, but we had the confessions and the healing service. And I, I was so happy. I have to say, I, I see your faith. I see your hope. I see your charity. Honestly, I was so happy to see so many of you staying yesterday evening, just wanting to be before the Lord. You know, I, I see that. And I thank you all. I really do for your witness to me. You know, you may not realize that, but a, a priest likes to see, uh, the fruits of God's grace in people's lives. I mean, that, that, that strengthens us to keep serving, you know, to see the goodness of, of God's family, you know, uh, and I see that in you. So I want to give you more time. So let's just keep, you know, more silence today, more more gentleness, more calm. Um, Maybe even go for a walk and, talk to your guardian angel, to Michael or to Gabriel or to Raphael, but, of course, uh, to Our Lady and, of course, the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. But, you know, let's listen. Just listen. This morning, I'm just going to give you two uh, main sharings that I hope not to take too long because I want you to have time from, you know, 9.35 or so until the Mass at 10.30 to, to enter into the adoration. Okay? Let's first of all talk about adoration. This is from Pope Benedict. Okay? It's about the Eucharist and adoration. And Pope Benedict shares with us that the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ transform us, where we become his body and blood in our turn. Wow. We become his body and blood in our turn. We are all family you know because we all have the same blood in us the blood of Jesus right we're we're blood brothers and sisters and where did Jesus receive his blood the blessed virgin mary right so i mean we belong we belong to a great family <laughs> really and uh you know Everybody's got different personalities and temperaments, but great gifts. And and God loves us all. Uh, He created us in love, for love. And uh, let's also accept who we are in God's sight. We certainly have growth that's necessary. But that body and blood of Jesus, his soul and divinity, will transform us. But we'll we'll be who we're supposed to be. Michael is not Gabriel. Gabriel is not Raphael. Thank God, right? I mean, and they're happy with who they are. And, and you, know, you know, they didn't say, oh, how come Gabriel gets to go announce the message to Mary? I want to announce the message to Mary. I mean, really? I mean, sometimes we act that way, like, you know. How come Michael gets to stick the sword through the dragon's head? You know, I want to stick the sword through the dragon's head. I mean, really? Yeah. <laughs> we're funny little creatures, you know, we're funny. But, you know, let's, let's accept who we are and be transformed, though, into who we're supposed to be. But we're going to be who we are in heaven, you know? We're, we're all unique, precious, and unrepeatable, right? Right? And so God is good. So adoration, according to Pope Benedict, becomes union. Adoration becomes union. Adoration, please, is not sitting here where we're looking at some inanimate object and we're just kind of staring at this inanimate object. This is the living Lord. The same Lord who was incarnate, who grew in the Holy Family and Wisdom, Age, and Grace and went to his public ministry and taught and accompanied his apostles and disciples and went to the cross and rose and is the head of the church and and he's living, the living Lord Jesus Christ, uh, you know. So adoration becomes union. Really, the Lord is looking at us. He's, He's listening to us, especially our hearts. He loves us. I hope you find your joy in coming to the Lord. This should be your delight. I want to go see the Lord. He's my love of my life. I want to go see him. He is within us when we're in a state of grace. But you know, I think most of us are trying to stay in that state of grace. He's within us, and we are in Him. That's what you know. He says that in, in John six: Whoever eats my body and drinks my blood abides in me and I abide in him. Abiding is is a word. You can only abide where you are. You're there. Claim it. Claim it. Claim it. Claim the indwelling trinity. Claim the fact that your faith teaches you this is the presence of the Lord and I have this privilege and that the, the Lord is in me and I am in him. Pope Benedict goes on to say the Lord's dynamic enters into us and seeks to spread out to others. There's where love is made visible. The Lord's dynamic enters us and seeks to spread out to others. Love enters us. And that's the dynamic, and it, it's supposed to spread out to others. So that's what the, you know, one of the main points of this whole retreat. Love made visible. We receive love and we're supposed to make love visible. At the end of the celebration of the holy sacrifice of the Mass, we say Ite misa est Go forth to your mission. The word mass actually comes from the word missio. You're sent on a mission like Mary in the the visitation. I I'll get to that momentarily, but Mary and Mary in the visitation on her journey to, to the house of Zechariah, Elizabeth, and John the Baptist is really a model of adoration for us. You know, she's just adoring the Lord in her womb. There's a model of contemplation and adoration right there. But this dynamic enters us and seeks to spread out to others until it fills the whole world. And how beautiful it would be if this love, divine love, would fill the whole world. We need to be carriers of that love. His love is to become the dominant measure of the world. That's Pope Benedict. What a a statement. The love of God is to become the dominant measure of the world. That's the measure of everything. So the word adoration in Greek relates to the word submission. Submission. And we live in a world where people don't like the word submission. You know, even when we have the the reading on marriage, God's, you know, Jesus' love for the church and the mystery, and then we, we have that passage about wives be submissive to your husbands. You know, there's the long form and the short form, and more and more people are choosing the short form because they don't want to read that part that says wives be submissive to your husbands because they figure there's going to be this big, backlash, but nobody understands what submission really means. Submissio, two words, sub or sub, like submarine, to stand under, right? To stand under missio, the mission of Jesus. To stand under the mission of Jesus, what else do we want to do? Like Mary, submissive that way. Submissive is not like being a dog and, 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 and God says, roll over or bark or whatever. You know, that's not submission. Submission is, uh, uh, you know, God is, is this great being that I've encountered. And, and I've met a truth and a beauty and a goodness greater than myself. And I want to give myself totally to that. And husbands should be as Christ to their wives laying down their lives like Christ laid down his life for the church. And so what wife would not want to stand under that mission? But we need the husbands to live their mission and the wives to live their mission. And actually the whole passage begins with, you know, we need to have mutual respect and mutual love, mutual um, understanding and consideration and kindness, but submission Adoration is, is submission. We're before God. And we're saying, I'm going to submit myself. Now, in that submission is a freedom, Pope Benedict says. The world doesn't understand freedom anymore. The world thinks that freedom is the ability to do whatever you want to do. But ask an alcoholic or a drug addict or a thief, whether doing what they want to do really sets them free. It doesn't. Freedom is the ability to do what you ought to do and doing it. And there's a lot of room in freedom, freedom in Christ, you know, but the world looks at, 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 at submission as, as you, you're not going to be able to live your life as autonomous. Well, I don't want to live my life as autonomous. I'm not God. I want to live my life in the truth. I'm not the one who defines what truth is. Truth existed before I existed. I want objective truth. If we all could just admit that, you know, the truth is the truth is the truth. Like, you know, this is a microphone. I hope we all agree on that. That's the truth. But we live in what's called a relativistic world, where people make the truth relative to themselves. So some people say, no, well, Father, that's your truth. It's a microphone, but I like ice cream cones, so that's an ice cream cone. Well, I'll be like, you know, I, I like ice cream, but, you know, this is a microphone, and then there's ice cream cones. We must live in the truth so people aren't eating microphones. <laughs> that's, that's all we're saying in the church. The truth will set you free, you know. Don't, don't go eat microphones. You know, God will give you the ice cream you need. Great flavors. No, I I will note by the way when you know I hope you have such a a loving, intimate relationship with God that, like when you're eating ice cream, sometimes I think, I think you know I wonder if Jesus ever had ice cream. I'm sure in his day they had cream and they had ways to make the cream because I've been in the Philippines and they have a way to make cream um, somewhat frozen. And so it's sort of like ice cream, and I'm sure you know on, on mount, mount um, the higher mountains up there in Hebron, you know they could take it up there, and there was snow, and so there was a way to make ice cream in a way. But, I mean, we have some awesome flavors of ice cream. <laughs> and so when you're eating an ice cream cone, I hope you eat it with Jesus. You know, say, thank you, Jesus, for creating this ice cream. And, you know, you probably didn't get to taste this flavor, but I'm going to taste it with you. that's how I try to live you know I mean really you know I I eat this food with the holy family I mean it's a living relationship it really is a, a living relationship and it's so wonderful and that's freedom and that's joy and so freedom is really living by the measure of truth and goodness so that we can become true and good you see this is what God wants God wants us to be true and good true and good that's beautiful when you're true and good in Latin the word ad adoratio to, to adore ad adoratio actually you, you'll probably be surprised it actually means mouth-to-mouth contact basically a, adoration is a kiss As I said, the Holy Spirit is described as the kiss between the Father and the Son. The Lord speaks to us. We're seeing him face to face. That's contemplation. A good definition of contemplation is uh, seeing someone face to face. Adoration is mouth-to-mouth contact and embrace. And so submission becomes love, which is union. We're liberated from within. Love is not imposed from outside. You know, when I'm working with young people, and actually now even an older generation, so many people look at, how do you look at the commandments, I would ask. And so many people see the commandments of the church as, as, as a law imposed from the outside. But that tells me they don't really know the Lord. Because it's, it's something from the inside that guides my life that I want to live by so I can do what's good, pleasing, and perfect to for God. I don't just want to keep the minimals by looking at everything as an exterior and if I just comply with all these exterior things then I can do what I want to do. You see that's what people think they'll be free. But really if you have this loving relationship with God and everything's in God and, and, you're, and you learn this through, through the mass through the rosary, through adoration You become free and loving and in union with God, and your life is wonderful. There's going to be crosses, and there's going to be suffering, amen. But you're truly free. You know, we live in a world right now where you'll hear a lot of, um, you know, all the way back to the 60s about the liberated woman. Well, I'm all for women's liberation. I am because the most liberated woman ever was the Blessed Virgin Mary. She was free from sin. That's liberation. Being free from sin liberates us. Sin actually keeps us from loving. Just look at the capital sins. If I'm proud, I don't have, I'm not, I don't have enough time, enough space in my heart to really love other people. Humble people love other people, right? If I'm angry, I'm not loving that other person. If I'm greedy and you stand in the way of what I want, I can't, I'm not free to love you, right? Lust, lusting after someone or something is not loving someone, right? Envious of what they have, I'm not loving them, I want what they have. Gluttonous if food is the most important thing in my life. I'm not free to love I mean, we even see sometimes I think commercials where you know people express you you, you'll see uh, You know uh, uh, somebody walking along and many people can relate to this say don't talk to me till I've had my coffee (laughs) Huh Don't talk to me till I've had my coffee Coffee is more important than my relationship with somebody else I'm not free to love, you understand? And sloth, you know, you're not, you're not moving to go love. And, and, and love requires sacrifice. It's, it's hard, you know. Uh, but, but the sin, sin keeps us from loving. We're not free. But God came to set us free, and that's what adoration does. Adoration sets us free. Adoration makes us good and true. God's love becomes the dominant measure of the world. And so that's, according to Pope Benedict, you know, what this great gift of the Eucharist is in adoration, okay? That's one of the things I wanted to share with you. Now, in the seven minutes that I'm going to try to uh, conclude and give you time to pray, I want to talk to you about the Eucharistic rosary. And believe me, I could go into one mystery and, and spend An hour but the main point is this I'll just share it with you and you can let the Holy Spirit process it during the year of the Eucharist I came to realize that in the scriptures and in the rosary is basically the scriptures whenever you mention Jesus you can put in the word Eucharist Same Lord, right? So I would be giving talks every Tuesday night at this one adoration chapel we have in Corpus Christi, Texas. And I would proclaim the gospel, and I would help people see that, you know, the Eucharist, you know, is Jesus, and Jesus is the Eucharist. And you can take any of the gospels, and it's the same Jesus, the same Eucharistic Lord from the incarnation, which means, you know, when he was, went into the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit, to his cross, to prior to going to the cross, he established the Eucharist, to being with us until he returns, is the same Lord Jesus. Uh, but it takes faith. And so what I started to do was I, I also started to think of a Eucharistic rosary. And so, as I shared with you about Magnificat yesterday, the first joyful mystery, the Annunciation, the happiest moment of the Blessed Virgin Mary's life is when the Lord came into her womb. I'm going to talk in the homily how it was actually a very happy moment for Gabriel, too, and all the angels. The same Lord comes into us. For 20 minutes, the Lord is physically present in us. It depends on, uh, on your digestive, the speed of your digestion. But as, uh, until the, the Lord is completely digested, he's physically, God is physically present in us when we receive him. Wow. Wow. And it is by the power of the Holy Spirit, because in the Mass you have the Epiclesis, right? Which is the calling down of the Holy Spirit. And then you have the words of Jesus. This is my body, this is my blood, right? And I'll get to the body, blood, soul, and divinity in the third talk today, the third conference. But simply put, the Lord Jesus that came in the womb of Mary, that she said yes to, Fiat, I'm the handmaid of the Lord, and be it done unto me according to thy word, we need to say yes to the Eucharistic Lord and everything he asks of us, right? That's the Annunciation. And so actually when you're praying your rosary, if you pray another rosary today or, or tomorrow morning, since the theme of this retreat is love made visible, why don't you think of in every mystery, love made, how is love made visible in each one of those mysteries? You get it? What I really want is you to take these things away from this retreat for you for the rest of your life. Like I started with a divine mercy chaplet yesterday and, and gave you some things on how to pray and a number of other things I shared with you. But, you know, if you get one or two things that you can live for the rest of your life, that's it. Maybe just having that motto, whatever struck you, get a hold of it. And let it change your life. But mostly what's going to change your life, what I found in my own life, is the way I pray. The way a person prays is really the way they live. You can, tell a lot about, you can tell a lot about yourself, the way you pray. And hopefully some of these things have helped you pray. Or the way you adore, the way you enter the Mass, which is the highest prayer. The way you pray the Rosary, the way you adore. The second mystery as I said, the visitation. I mean, there's the model of the contemplative life. I mean, when Mary was going 90 miles, basically, from Nazareth down to the hill country of Judea, she is just totally focused on the Lord in her womb. That's adoration. You know, it's said in private revelation uh, that even as Mary was, 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 was going down to the hill country, you know, even the trees were bowing, and the, and the birds were singing more beautifully, and the sun was shining more brightly. I mean, all of creation was so rejoiced at the presence of the Lord, right? This morning, morning's prayer, the second one. Bless the Lord, all you works of the Lord. Praise and exalt him above all forever. Angels of the Lord, bless the Lord. You heavens, I won't go on, but... You know, bless the Lord. And then she brings the Eucharistic Lord in her womb to the house of Zechariah, Elizabeth, and John the Baptist, and it changed their life. My first name is Zachary. My middle name is John. My parents met at Visitation High School, Honestly. Um, I mean, and my life changed when Mary brought Jesus to me. Honestly. Honestly. When Mary brings Jesus to people, their lives change. And I'm going to give you something, you know, how to live consecration to Jesus through Mary. A little handout, but, you know, um, that's the second mystery. It's a Eucharistic mystery. Bring Jesus to others. Third, the the birth of Jesus, glory to God in the highest, and peace to people of goodwill. We'll have that at the Mass today, the Gloria. I mean, the angels are singing. We're going to be, you know, the angels. We're talking about the angels today. But that's the Eucharistic Lord, that little baby with his arms open. That's the Eucharistic Lord right now. He's that little baby on the altar just with his arms open saying, you know, the divine child, I love you. And I'm glorifying my Father, and I'm bringing graces to people. I'm the true shepherd. I'm the true king. And we even say, what do we, what do we sing at Christmas? Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. That's a, You know, Pope St. John Paul II sang a Christmas carol every day of his life. And it's not because his name was Carol Wojtyla. <laughs> he understood every day is Christmas because the Father is giving us Jesus every day, right? Every day is Christmas. It is. Merry Christmas. That's the Eucharistic Lord. Mary and Joseph will teach you how to adore The angels are there adoring, the kings were adoring, the shepherds were adoring. You want to learn how to adore? Third joyful mystery, right? Are you get it? Are you understanding? The presentation in in the temple. I mean, it's like the offering at the mass, the procession into the temple, offering ourselves as our gift, adoring the true God as Jesus taught us to offer himself and we adore him and what he's doing and Mary Mary learned and so she even offered to have herself purified even though she didn't need to be purified we learned to to do things that 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 are beyond the law to make up for those who are not living the law but the fruit of that mystery is obedience but you know Mary was told a sword would pierce her heart, and John Paul II said that that was like a second annunciation, and she said yes again. You know, she always gave her yes and never took it back. The fourth joyful mystery the finding of Jesus in the temple. Where do you find Jesus? In the temple. He's in every tabernacle in every Catholic church in the world. You want to find Jesus in the temple? You need some joy? You need some joyful mystery? Come to the Lord. Find him in the temple, and, then he'll ask, and it says he was asking them questions, right? So he'll ask you some questions. When I start my prayer, I like to hear the question because I've, I had Carmelite formation. When Elijah came to the holy mountain, remember, Jezebel was trying to kill him. He already, he, he won the big battle between the, the false prophets of Baal, or Baal, however you want to say it. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, Jezebel, the crazy one, wanted to kill him. He's going to go across the desert for 40 days. He falls asleep. He says, I'm tired of this. The angel wakes him up and says, take the bread and the water uh, because you've got a long journey and, and we need the bread of life, the Eucharist, to make the journey. Elijah finally goes to the Mount Horeb where Moses saw the burning bush, the same mountain. And he gets there and what does the Lord say to him? this is all this is important why are you here Elijah thank God Elijah didn't say Lord can't you see crazy Jezebel's after me I'm you know what a perfect question as a matter of fact the Carmelites their motto is the answer of Elijah With zeal, I have been zealous for the Lord God of hosts. That's their motto, but it's Latin. But with zeal, I have been zealous for the Lord God of hosts. But for me, the question is, when I come in Eucharistic Adoration, I like to hear the Lord say to me, Why are you here, Zach? Because that sets me in the proper perspective when I really think about it. Why am I here? Am I here for me or am I here for the Lord? Am I here to adore the Lord or am I here to come and say, you know, Lord, if I put in enough prayers, then you have to do what I tell you to do. Is that how it works? (laughs) That's not how it works. And he'll have to teach us the hard way how, how not to approach us, approach him that way. But he'll just say, you know, he's always gentle. You know, why are you here? Why are you here? Michael, Happy feast day. Why are you here, Michael? <laughs> I'm here for you, Lord. That's the best way to do you know. That's why I'm here. So that's the joyful mysteries. I'm already five minutes past what I was targeting. So I'm going to leave it at that. We kind of went through the sorrowful mysteries with the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. You can reflect on the rest. But it's the same Eucharistic Lord, the same Eucharistic Lord. And and let the Holy Spirit lead you. As a matter of fact, I urge you actually many times to even write your write a rosary. When God gives you a light, write it down. Don't lose that 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 grace. And so eventually, you can <coughs> you could you could have a your own a Eucharistic rosary. Or I've come up with a priestly rosary. Now that I'm director of vocations for our community, I, I'm going to have to come up with a vocations rosary. Um it's the same Lord Jesus Christ though. Uh you know, uh think about the Lord Jesus and adore him. So uh this day is for you. Stay in that silence. Why are you here? Because love has called you. Scripture says no one can come to Jesus unless the Father calls him. That's John six. That's the Eucharistic discourse, right? And you will all be taught by God. That's what we're taught in John 6. The Father calls you, and he's, God's going to teach you. So that's what today is. Thank you for responding to the call. Now let God teach you, okay? Adoration. You can learn from the angels, from, our, from Mary. And in the rosary contemplate the face of Christ in the School of Mary, contemplate your Eucharistic Lord.